hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Tribe Exchange. We're excited today to have Kayla Haley on the show. Uh, Kayla is the founder and CEO of St. Rock Media, an events marketing and production company that partners with enterprise and nonprofit organizations uh, to strategize and help execute their business objectives through virtual and hybrid uh, event solutions. We're going to talk about that a lot today. Um, St. Rock Media, you know, in the last year of COVID pivoted tremendously and has done over 100 events uh, virtually and hybrid uh, for different uh, organizations. Some of the people that they've been able to work with, USC School, uh, Marshall School of Business, NFL Players Association, and Jam South Africa. Some of St. Rock's featured presenters, uh, performances that have included Melody Hobson, uh, speakers like Mark Cuban, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Fred Gray, Jonathan Butler, uh, the Jonathan Butler Trio, I believe, performed as well. Uh, and uh, we're just really excited to have Kayla here on the show with us. Kayla, welcome. Good to see you. Hello. Thanks for having me. I didn't make the list of presenters. Oh, I was on, yeah, I did, well. you know. I was a little disappointed when I read the bio. I was like, and I'm not on there, you know. Like <laughs> Maybe Gary next Vanderchuk year. and Elias Delo. <laughs> no? no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you know, one of the reasons we uh, wanted to get you on is you know we've worked together in the past. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's 2021, so it was last year. Uh, yeah, it feels like, we it feels like to, five years ago. I know it feels like a long time. <laughs> so much has happened, uh, but it, you know. Last year, we we partnered with St. Rock on a international conference that we did. Uh, we had had something planned, and the whole thing fell through, obviously with COVID, and uh, and we pivoted in the summer to making it a virtual experience. And St. Rock did a great job. We I think we hosted twenty three hundred people from forty four different countries around the world. So something like that. Yeah, yeah it was a really cool experience and uh, we've just been impressed uh, with what you've done over there and uh, wanted to have you on the show and kind of hear a little bit about your story and um, and obviously the tribe exchange, you know, we are we're interested in kind of the intersection of what we do in this life and in the world and how we operate and how we how we work amongst the kingdom of heaven. That's kind of the invisible world that's happening at the same time and where those two places intersect. And so uh, you're a follower of Jesus and we want to know a little bit about that too. So let's just start there. Um, Tell us a little bit about your, your faith journey, how you began following Jesus, how that Mm -hmm. started for you. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks again for having me. Um, So yeah, I grew up here in Denver, Colorado, um, the Rocky mountains uh, my mom actually became a disciple while she was pregnant with me uh, back in the Sacramento church. And so, uh, as I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, this was really familiar back in the day, but my, not, he wasn't my dad at the time, but he saw my mom at church. He was on a, he was on a business trip from Denver, saw my mom at church and was like that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he didn't realize he was getting a two for one deal. So, uh, but yeah, so my mom and I moved to Denver, they got married, uh, I was around two. And then I grew up, so I grew up in the church here in Denver. Um, absolutely love it here, still here. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, growing up in the church is, you know, it has its highs and its lows. And, you know, I always had a a heart, um, and a desire to please God. Um, and, uh, you know, going into high school and then college, 
So I went to school in Atlanta, and as you can imagine, um, you know, the highs and the lows of uh, growing up in church and trying to please Jesus, but then also going to school <laughs> with a bunch of rascals that aren't necessarily <laughs> trying to please Jesus. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I guess that came with not being very popular, uh-huh. right? Like uh, not being very liked, because I was definitely the kid that was like, can you please stop cussing around me? Right. You yeah. know, so... <laughs> So I wasn't super popular with the kids, um, but, you know, I was good at sports and that kind of was my, that was kind of my social in uh, with, with school. And, uh, and then, you know, later on um, with school, like academics and things like that. So obviously definitely had to count the cost in a lot of ways, even as a young, you know, I became a disciple when I was 14. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom, she was like, um, I was, I was in middle school and I was like, I want to study the Bible. And she was like, you need to, you need to learn about your sinful nature first. And I was just like, okay. So, um, so yeah, I got to learn, I got, I became, you know, knew my, learned my sinful nature very, very well in high school. So, um, so yeah, I became a disciple at 14 and, um, it's just been an incredible journey since then. Um, and, uh, yeah, so awesome. I don't know where you want us to go from there. Yeah, that's but. great. Yeah, thanks for sharing. So um, that's interesting. You know, you you go to school for biology. Did you finish your degree there at, at the school there? So no. Tell I me actually, about the pivot because somehow you went from going after a degree in biology to coming back to Denver and starting a media company. So yeah, tell me about oh, that. Oh man, the the pivot is that I'm basically every like disciple parent's worst nightmare um, <laughs> in terms of like sending your kid off to go to an expensive private school and be a part of the campus ministry and then come home without a degree yeah. uh, and like tons of student loans. So yeah. that's me. Well, look, I basically, you're in good company because it, it took me like six years to finish, finish a degree. And that was, oh well. yeah. So I, I like, I, I think my transcripts were like, I had like five different schools on my transcript. By the time I finished, the <laughs> yeah. poor, the college, like the, you know, the intake counselors were like, "Is this, is this all of your?" It's school? like all the coupon codes at checkout. I had to pay They're so like... much, you know, like it's like ten dollars a transcript or something yeah. you know, to get your transcripts exactly. transferred every time, you know. But exactly. so I get it. But well, so you come back, organic, no degree. What's yeah? What's, what are you yeah. thinking? Organic what, chemistry happening? kicked my butt. Yeah. Um, I took that too many times. I don't even admit how many times I took it. Um, but anyway, so I came home and part of the reason why I didn't finish school was literally because I was on YouTube all day long learning how to build a business. <laughs> and um, chemistry was just like not my, it was not my thing that I was enjoying. Yeah. And I was learning. And the thing is, is I, I, I was starting to understand my consumption behaviors like completely changing. Like, yeah, I'm a 90s kid. I grew up watching like VHS cassettes and right. then it was DVD and then like Blu-ray was there for like a hot split second. And then it was Netflix, right? You like yeah. get your videos streaming, delivered. Yeah. Oh, and then streaming, YouTube. Right. Then it was just a CD, like you order. Yeah, it the, was the DVD. It was the, That's right. Exactly. Um, but then I but then I I was a very early adopter and consumer of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much the only thing I watched at that time. Um, and so I realized I was like, oh snap, like people are like making TV shows and have their own thing on YouTube. Um, and I, and I realized very quickly, I was like, oh snap, like this is what I should be doing. (laughs) And so I was basically just like learning how to do that all day long (laughs) while I was in school. So you went Um, from, from kind of a, like, this is the traditional route, 
go to school, get a degree, you know, science, math, business, do something, get a degree in something that's going to, you know, play out in, you know, the quote unquote real world. And, and while you're there, uh, you, you, you kind of find this passion project of, of YouTube and creating content and startups. Uh, I mean, like just startups. business, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And just learning, like, that was one thing that was pretty frustrating was going to this liberal, you know, this, uh, this, historically, you know, HBCU, mm-hmm. um, liberal arts school. And, you know, all they want to teach you is, you know, become a doctor, become a lawyer, become maybe an engineer. Yeah. Um, and, and here I am like, where are the business classes? Like, oh. how do I learn how to run a business? And that just wasn't available. Yeah. And so in, in Atlanta was really becoming a, a booming tech hub as well. Right. Um, and I just kind of saw it. And I was like, why are we, I feel like I'm missing out on like the real stuff. Yeah. And so I just started learning about it myself. And I, I, I did a pitch competition. <laughs> like my last, that was like one of the last things I did like do at school <laughs> was like into like a pitch competition. And I came home and I was like, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to start a podcast. And um, I started traveling around the country and interview. I mean, I'm into UFC and MMA. Are you really? So, oh, wow. Yeah. So You'd be in good company this- here in Austin. We got Joe Rogan. We got the full package of podcasts oh, yeah. and yeah, UFC. You do have, yeah, you do have Joe. Yeah, he moved there. So, um, but yeah, so I, I you know, uh, started a podcast called Girl Fight Talk. And we produced a, a bunch of episodes. And I interviewed UFC fighters and like the president of different um, MMA organizations. And, That's cool. Um, and my friend, my producer at the time, he was like, you should start an agency. And I was just like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> like, that's, and I, didn't, I really just didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. I was probably being prideful. Um, and, uh, and then a couple of months later, after like doing some like secret research, I was like, I think I'm going to start an agency. And, uh, and that was the start of St. Rock back in 2017. Wow. Awesome. Okay. So, so St. Rocket started and you weren't doing, I want to talk about the pivot here into events, but that's not what you started with, right? Like what was the original business plan for St. Rock? What was the the goal? Yeah. Digital marketing agency, um, everything from paid media, um, Facebook, eh, not so much pay-per-click with Google, but Facebook, Instagram, um, and, and really though leaning really heavy into branding and storytelling mm-hmm. so content um, yeah. content marketing right but i don't even really like calling it that um it, it's just long it's just really 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 long form storytelling okay so um so you're it, you know, this is a really cool like arc of of evolution for you you go to you go to school well you grew up in the church you kind of you know you had said you felt kind of this um outsider you know type of uh, experience where you're you're the christian kid right and and Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out if you want to do this thing and then you go to school and that that outsider thing really becomes even more prominent but that kind of steers you into uh finding this passion project of of content creating and getting into youtube and these things then you go Mm -hmm. drop school and you go and you start a podcast and you're starting to explore these different avenues and then eventually that develops into an, an agency and a marketing company and um, along that course, what are some of the, like, what are some of the internal conflicts that you're having? Cause I, I don't know, I don't know you that well, right? Maybe you're just like, this is great. Like there's no issues. I don't have any questions about my direction or no. my course. I'm just plowing forward. But I imagine if I was, 
and I went through that phase in a different way, you know, just trying to figure out what I want to do and how I'm going to go mm-hmm. through it. Probably lasted a little bit longer than you, honestly, of just the wandering times. But but I know there was a lot of internal conflict, right? Of is this the right mm-hmm. decision? Am I wasting time? So can you kind of unpack that a little oh, bit gosh. for me? What were some of those things that you wrestled with? Yeah, I mean, so right after getting back from you know, coming back home from Atlanta from school, immediately every Sunday, I'm basically like bombarded with people asking me, hey, so how was school? And did you, you know, congratulations on graduating. And um, I was even given a gift by my, my, some family members to go to South Africa Mm. um, as a graduation gift. And so even though I didn't graduate, the ticket was already purchased, so I still went. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my I mean, my mom's just not happy with me, you know. Right. Like, um, so you know, and they external, didn't external external critics, not maybe like mean, oh, yeah. but but there's some critiques on your decision making. Well, I distinctly remember one day I'm creating like a lead list. And I'm like, I'm going to go and get all these clients and, you know, I'm going to go and create these, you know, these materials to go get these clients. And I remember like I worked at this, I worked as a, uh, I worked a temp job. And so um, I worked, you know, I signed up with a temp agency and worked a bunch of different temp jobs, which honestly, speaking of like the development into being a business owner was really interesting because I actually ended up working for a lot of, um, small but like mature business owners mm-hmm. yeah and they saw my hustle they saw that i was very like i worked at like a roofing company <laughs> i worked wow. at um i worked at an accounting firm i worked at um some manufacturing company for like dog toys um so i worked at getting, like all these you're getting training through kind of an apprenticeship experience rather than like the classical sit down in a lecture hall and read a book kind of experience. Exactly. So for two years, here I am learning from these like, you know, um, you know, business owners and I'm having lunch with them. And so I'm basically like learning from all these different companies um, and and understanding and then like pitching them at the end of my, (laughs) of my term. (laughs) like, Hey, you want to help, you want some help with your marketing? And so, um, and some of them, you know, they were, they were, they were gracious and they were, they were, they were kind to me. Um, but yeah, here I am learning all this stuff about what it means to be professional, um, you know, to be in the workplace, uh, you know, to set a culture and create a culture. And I got to see that with like dozens of companies because I'm jumping from company to company over the course of, you know, um, you know, every, every, every other month. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, but the conflict though at home <laughs> mainly was with my parents because obviously they're very disappointed with not, me not yeah. finishing school. And, and so I'm feeling really honestly like down about that. Um, I feel really disappointed that I've let them down. Um, but at the same time, I just know that this is the direction I should be going in. Right. But there's nothing to prove that that's true at that moment. Right. And there's nothing that's like validating that. You don't and have like the evidence of success at that moment to say like, look, no. mom, this is the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I also, um, man, I've done a lot. Um, I, I, I actually was in the ministry. Uh, I, I, at the time that I was in South Africa, I was, I was actually dating. 
and oh gosh so i was dating at the time and and then um i came i come home from south africa and actually stayed there like a month and a half longer than i was supposed to because i just didn't want to come home <laughs> and um you know and i love south africa too but um so i, I you know i end up breaking up um you know i'm still not done with school every sunday there's this person that's asking me like if i'm done with my degree yet what and i'm just next? like yeah yeah yeah, and I'm just like literally avoiding people at church because I'm just like, this is not a conversation. I, like, it, I already feel terrible about where I'm at in life right now. And I would prefer to not have to revisit this conversation <laughs> every single Sunday. Like, that's just not yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so that and then, um, yeah, just feeling yeah. kind of just like, like in this like really stuck and not exciting oh so i'm in the ministry and then i get fired from the ministry because i lied about being done with school with my parents i so desperately wanted to be done with school and i was making progress but i wasn't done yet mm -hmm. and i let my parents believe that i had finished and um yeah but the ministry knew that i wasn't because obviously i was like taking classes right. and uh and one of the i won't say who but one person we're at a parent teen devo and my sister's in the teen ministry and so and my parents are like helping in the teen ministry and uh one of the ministry leaders is like hey i think kayla needs some more time to like study and my mom's like for what <laughs> That's it. And it all came crashing down. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that evening, my mom's like, hey, oh, we need you to come to our room. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, here uh, we go. So, so there's so there's external stuff. There's internal stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I imagine there is some formation that is happening for you in character and in perspective, mm -hmm. even through the struggle, right? So there's a struggle. There's external pressures and then there's the internal conflict but th those are oh, yeah. all i guess in the biblical language we would call that struggle right mm -hmm. um what in just your own faith and your you know understanding of the way of jesus and um what are some practical things that just helped you persevere and by persevere i mean like not just fold to the pressures right like yep. but also to to level up to the integrity that you needed to have at that moment and like to kind of to go, Hey, I'm not just going to bow down to what everybody else wants me to do. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't really done things the best way, but I'm going to keep at it and get better at yeah. it. Yeah. How did you, how did Man, you that navigate that? Yeah. That was hard. Um, I mean, I was, I'll, I'll be honest. I think, you know, I don't, I don't use like depression lightly. Sure. Uh, I've never been like clinically, uh, you know, told that I had depression, but I was just in this really pit. I was in a deep, dark pit. Um, and I remember actually, uh, do you know Hans Rasmussen? I do. Yeah. I remember at the time he was teaching a, uh, a series on, um, being in the pit. And I think he, it, it was, it was real for him. Cause at the time he had actually just had, um, a heart attack had a heart and, attack, right? yeah. um, had gone through a lot of things as well. Yeah. And he was and young, I just, right? I mean, he, he wasn't like, this wasn't yeah. like a later in life heart attack. This was like, yeah, I don't think he's in even in school heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like, um, I just remember that lesson and, and, and he had this diagram and he was like, 
uh, talking about like the way down to the bottom <laughs> and then when you're at the bottom and then like becoming out of the pit. And, but he, I, I just remember in his lesson, he spent like a lot of time on the way down and a lot of time in the pit. Yeah. And it, it actually in a weird way was encouraging because for me, I felt like I was in the pit for like two years. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like getting out of the pit. Cool. Um, <laughs> by the way, that's like what people think about your lessons. No, just kidding. Yeah, um, right. But like, <laughs> but, um, but seriously, I was just in this like really funky place and um, it just took a lot of prayer. And I do remember one day specifically, um, I, I felt like God, God was punishing me. I felt like his thumb was on me. I felt mm -hmm. like, okay, God, if I don't, I was negotiating with God. I was like, okay, God, I know that if I don't get this degree done, you're not going to bless my business. You're not going to bless the things that I'm trying to do. Um, or at least that's how I felt. Right. And um, I, I distinctly remember, and I should be better at journaling, but I'm not. But I remember one day specifically I was praying and, 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 and basically this peace coming over me of, um, Kayla, even though you're like, you've like messed up pretty badly, um, you're still mine mm -hmm. and I'm still for you. Yeah. And, um, and, and it was that day that everything kind of just this like huge release in this weight of having to try to like keep people happy or it literally was, okay, wait, if God is saying to me that, um, and he's the only one that matters in this whole equation. Like, yes, I love my parents. Yes, I love my church family, all these different things. I even care about what I think about myself. But if God, if I, if in that moment, like God is telling me, I'm still for you and I, I, I'm still going to bless you, even though like you don't deserve it or any of these things. I was like, oh, it just kind of made sense all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I don't care what anybody thinks. Mm -hmm. And there was a freedom in that of, um, I don't have to keep punishing myself to, you know, try to make myself seem like I'm always upset or hurt or, or disappointed. Um, yeah, I just don't have to, I just don't have to punish myself anymore. And I yeah. just chose not to. Yeah, I love that. So there's, it, it, it produced what sounds like a really healthy, differentiation of who you are and who other people are and what's important and who God is. And, mm -hmm. um, and it just sounds like, you know, there's some benefits kind of baked in to being a follower of Jesus that really provided help, right? Like you had community in your life, people offering feedback, right? Uh, wasn't always the best yeah. or funnest to hear. Maybe it was good, but it wasn't fun to hear, sure. right? But it was valuable feedback, right? Like, hey, mm -hmm. um, and then you had teaching and and people who could uh, even mentor you from afar, right? Maybe they weren't walking with you right up close, but they were part of your mm -hmm. community, have going through their own struggles, mentoring you through that process. And you had prayer and meditation and like you had a lot baked into your world, into your life by just virtue of being a Christian and being part of the Christian community where you were locally. Um, 100%. What do you like? So you, you, you keep at it. St. Rock gets going. 
Um, there's some success, I'm assuming, at least initially, and you kind of go, okay, this thing's going to work. I think I'm going to, I'm going to really work. What's that decision? At some point you go like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go all in here on this project. How did that, how did you get there? Yeah, it was either, it was like, okay, how am I going to take care of these student loans? I'm either going to have to finish organic chemistry, no, right. or <laughs> win the lottery, right. eh, unlikely, yeah. or start a business. Yeah, And um, and I just kind of went all into that, um, yeah. you know, with my little temp jobs that I, you know, I saved up all my money and would literally pay clients. I don't even know if I can call them a client. I'd pay clients to let me work for them. So it started as kind of a side hustle, right? So you, yeah. you're, you're not letting go of your temp jobs. You're, you're kind mm -hmm. of building in tandem, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause you need capital to do anything. Right. And so right. I, I took, I took my little, you know, my little $14 an hour, or I don't even know if it was that much, um, my little temp jobs and would just work, 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 yeah. save, save, save. And, um, and then put together projects that I'm paying for, um, right. so that I could have a portfolio right? to show, Hey, we can do this for you. Right. And that's kind of been, I mean, to be honest, I've been, even now, um, we still do, I still do that. I still invest in projects, yeah. um, to demonstrate, you know, I know we can do it, but you don't. So let me show you. Right. Right. So even four years into the business plan, there's still a space for um, investing into developing your portfolio, right? Which all industries do and all leading, you know, companies in any industry does, right? They, they spend money to make money, right? But I think sometimes mm -hmm. there's this idea of like, well, once you get into business for yourself, it's all intake, right? Like you should just be um, <laughs> taking in money, right? And that's rarely the case. Uh, yeah, no. So you, you're still at it and that, 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 that hustle is still. Oh, hundred percent. I DNA, live in my parents' right? basement. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so the door, we were joking about the door. That's my parents' door. It won't there close. It is. But there it is. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, you're in the business world now, you're starting to work with some of the, I mean, you've worked with some really good companies and organizations, right? And yeah. Marshall School of Business and NFL Association and, you know, you've moved beyond just the lunch with the sole proprietor at your, you know, that you're, you're <laughs> temping at. And now you're working with these larger organizations. Mm -hmm. um, what have been some of the, the things that you've learned that you go, wow, this is totally surprising and totally changed how I view things. And then what have been some of the, maybe some of the harder things that you went, man, this was really hard and I didn't expect that. Yeah, I think that um, some of the some of the things I've learned is that it's it's uh, just as hard to close a big deal as it is to close a small deal, um, <laughs> and so might as well spend some time might as well spend your time closing big deals. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Actually, I I could even argue that it's maybe even easier to close bigger deals than smaller deals. Um, Why do you think that I, is? Because just from a, a capital standpoint, there's less risk for some of these larger organizations that they're they're a little bit more willing to experiment, try new things. Exactly, and yeah. so it's it's less risk for them. Um, they know exactly what they're looking for, mm. um, and they have they just have the the cash to spend. They have the budget. Um, um, yeah, that's and then I think for smaller companies, 
um, you know, they're looking for the best deal. They're right. they're definitely more price conscious. Yeah, um, that's working with me, right, Kayla? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking. I wasn't thinking of you, Elias. But uh, but now that you meant, no, I was good. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, it it just it's going after the right market, and I yeah. think uh, you know. We've we've worked with so many different markets because last year was so crazy that everybody needed help with production and right. um, event planning and all of those kinds of things. So we were we were fortunate to have worked with a very like wide um, group uh, of different organizations. But I think now have, after having had those opportunities, starting to kind of niche and narrow our, our focus as to who do we really want to be working with. Yeah. So, but it took some time to, to even get that, like who you had to get a, a, a collage of different ex client experiences to kind of narrow some of that down. So it's not Definitely. like, it sounds like really, it's not something that it, maybe you had a crystal clear vision at the beginning, but it's not something that stays that way, right? It's kind of always, it's a bit of a moving target. It's evolving over time and it's, it's taking shape. Um, yep. And I imagine Definitely. that's fun at times. Like, wow, like we're moving into these new, it's becoming clearer. We're moving into these new arenas. And then probably other times it's got to be like, is this still the direct, like, I don't know. There's got to be some challenges to that as well, right? It, yeah. I mean, so specifically within our industry, we're doing events, right? And right. so 2020 forced every person yeah, who was putting on an down. event. Yeah, you had to do things virtually. And so now going into, you know, now half, almost now halfway through 2021, um, you know, things are still virtual, but definitely moving towards going back into person. I mean, I already, I, I now just received my second vaccine um, shot. A lot of people are. Um, where I think we're getting towards that cl that, that critical mass right. moment, you know, within the U.S. And so yeah. the question now is, okay, well, what's next? And so we're really focusing on a hybrid model for events. Um, but within that, um, it, it's basically live events with a live streaming component. But it, it can get a much more, you know, uh, involved than that. Right. Um, and so we're just constantly thinking about create, you know, with the platforms that we have at our disposal, with the technologies that are becoming more available, with VR, with the metaverse, with, you know, the blockchain and other, you know, there's just so many fun things to play with that you almost have to like kind of pick a lane and right. like stay within it and build, you know, processes and SOPs within that. And then, okay, cool. We've got that one running. Okay. What's the next thing we really want to work on and build. Um, so I have like a long list. I have, I have like notes and notes of things that I want to um, experiment with and get into, but we're just trying to stay focused on what's in front of us right now. And so where does that come from for you? Cause because a lot of people want to go into business for themselves and they, they go, man, I, you know, whatever, I want to start investing or I want to build this, you know, brick and mortar, you know, mom and pop kind of shop, whatever, pizza shop or bakery or something, or, or I want to, you know, start a media company or something, or I want to be a tip TikTok, you know, superstar. I don't know. It's all a business, <laughs> right? Um, sure. But, but there's something that, keeps you at it, like keeps you wanting to keep figuring it out. And, uh, um, and not everybody has that, like not everybody has the desire to 
to keep pivoting so much because it sounds like that's what you're doing, right? You're it's that classic friends episode, right? Pivot, pivot. Like you're you're just pivoting. You're pivoting all the time. You're 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 figuring out what's next and where is this leading us and how do we move mm-hmm. here? So, um, where does that come from? What's the difference? Uh, yeah, where does that come from for you? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I just understand. I mean, one, I think I'm constantly learning, and so um, I, I think when I first started this journey, I was committed to learning at least one new thing every single day. And so, uh, whether it's an article that I read or, um, as I'm just doing work and like come to the realization of something and I'm like, Oh, like I should be doing this or YouTube videos, podcasts, whatever the conversations I have with people. Um, so I think I have a very, uh, I have a really big appetite for learning mm-hmm. in general. Uh, I'm just a very curious person. Um, um, I think the other thing is, is that I think the, the thing that God's put on my heart for this business, and it's it's almost difficult for me to separate like my personal ministry life with St. Rock. That's why I called it St. Rock Media. Um, and it's it's inspired, it's the spirit of Paul. I'm sorry, it's the spirit of Peter. So um, St. Rock, so being Peter. Right. Um, and Peter was just constantly like willing to make mistakes. <laughs> like he yeah. was just kind of putting himself out there yeah. and sure he may have made, he makes a mistake here or there gets corrected. But then it's that, I believe it's that heart and that willingness. Like I always constantly am praying to God. I'm like, God, whatever you're willing to do with me, I'm willing to do it. Yeah. And so, you know, just this heart of like, okay, I want to see, um, Jesus talks about how we'll do even greater things. And I, and I just, I'm just genuinely like, I want to see what those greater things are. Yeah. And so, um, for me, you know, there's a, there's a number of things, but between that, between, which is honestly my primary thing is I just want to be debt free. Right, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to, I want to be in a position to be generous. I want to be in a position right. to, um, I think that the the church should be, uh, we should have an innovation department. We should have like a research and development department within our church. Yeah. Um, there are so many things I would love to see um, come out of this uh, for God and for the kingdom that I'm just willing to take the journey wherever God leads and um, and then and just focus on being excellent throughout that whole thing. Yeah. Love that. So there's a, there's a internal, like, I want to learn. I'm curious. It's probably just something that you were, it's, you know, part nature, part nurture, like just you were raised that way in some way. Um, but, but then it sounds like too, that there's, you know, there's, there's some things that have, from a motivation standpoint, the why behind what you're doing, right. That there's really some clear motivators for you. you you've crystallized some things that you go, I don't know how it's all going to map out, but the things that are clear for me are why I'm pursuing this, why I'm going after that. And that that kind of keeps the engine going, right? As, as things evolve and pivot. Yep, exactly. Very cool. Well, um, this has been a great conversation. I love, you know, what you guys are doing and we're definitely interested in continuing to, uh, to watch your journey and, uh, to check in with you along the way with St. Rock. Um, I know you guys have some stuff coming up. Do you want to share a little bit about that? What, what projects you guys have on the, on the table right now? Yeah. Um, I think two things. Um, one, um, 
you know, we put on this conference last year called Quarantine Church Con. Uh, we hope to have maybe five. This was in response to the world shutting down and right. Easter being two weeks away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we put this conference on and, you know, hope to maybe have 500 people there. We ended up having over 1300 people from like 60 something countries. And so yeah. we um, we see that there's a continuing need. And so we've rebranded to Accelerate. And so the event is, it's a virtual event. Um, you can, I think Elias will have the, the link, but yeah, June, we'll sure uh, June 17th through the 19th is the Accelerate Conference. It's free to register. Um, so please would love to have you all there. It's for media teams. It's for church leaders, church administrators, children's coordinators. Um, just hoping to provide some value as all of us are going through this journey together of kind of going back into person and how do we, what is what is a hybrid model of church look like? Um, and then um, and then also we have a program called the Church Media Accelerator um, CMX, which um, we're actually getting ready to graduate our first cohort of uh, of seven churches at the conference, and we'll be launching our next cohort in July. So um, same thing if you if you want to reach out, um, hit me up in my DMs on. Uh, LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever y'all do. So, um, but yeah, that's about it. That's what we're working on. And then St. Rock is, uh, what's the, the link there for St. Rock? Yeah. Strockmedia.com. Okay. Um, S A I N T. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Kayla, it's been, uh, really just a fun conversation. I appreciate your story and, uh, and your journey and just fill us, filling us in on all the, the backdrop of it. So thanks for being thanks with us Elias. on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Pleasure.